side note, uh, I watched a lot of footy this weekend uh, and today because there was some footy today. The next stage in your evolution. I mean, I do it every weekend. I don't know why I said it like it was a rare occurrence, really. I don't like sit and stare, but like I'll have it on. Lots of games this weekend with shocking results, like not just the Saints defying expectations. All the teams that we technically like wanted to lose lost. We that are is excellent for us. Are we eight? we're in eight now? We're equal eighth on the ladder. Don't Saints always defy expectations? All right. Um, well, before they become saints, yeah. <laughs> You might be here because you thought it was about golf. Or maybe you're here because you just love hearing Australians talk amongst themselves. Or maybe you're here just because you were looking for a club with girls in it. Whatever brought you here, we've got your back. Celebrating the Australian Football League St Kilda Football Club. Whether you're near or far, as long as you're not a Collingwood supporter, you're welcome to join us. Two girls, one club. It's the best when, like, the the goal kickers is such a mixed bunch. Oh, my God. And, yeah, that's exactly right because, well, everyone just played their part so well. Exactly as the commentators said, there wasn't someone you could single out and say they weren't stepping up in the same way. And I much, honestly, I much prefer that to, for instance, I know we speak, I speak about them a lot because I don't know very much about the rest of the AFL, but <laughs> Richmond, how they have certain star players who do certain things. It was Jack Steele. Jack Steele was on their podcast. Jack Steele said that there's such a team environment where everybody really has each other's backs and there's no sense of hierarchy. And he said he thought that was pretty special in terms of the clubs. And I would agree. And that's something that I love about our club and I think makes us unique. Hello and welcome back to Two Girls One Club. On Saturday the Saints played the Brisbane Lions at Metricon Stadium in Queensland. Defying expectations once again the Saints returned home to Melbourne with the four points and us fans felt reignited at the fourth quarter performance in particular. The final score was 95 St Kilda to 63 of the Brisbane Lions and that was for us 14 goals 11 behinds. First thing that I took of note in the game which you probably noticed as well was Mason Wood as a late out. Didn't even realize until three minutes in when Kent caught the ball and I was like what are you doing there? (laughs) I know so he was replaced um, because of a hamstring concern by Dean Kent, who spent a lot of time in the ones previously, but has been in the VFL. Uh, he had some symptoms of concussion over the last, I think, eight weeks. And so it's good to see him back on the front lines. Max King just looks more and more athletic every day. He's just, he looks more composed. Yeah, he does. Feels I like actually, he's settling into his skin. Yeah. And something that was quite interesting is I watched Matthew Lloyd. Uh, he's on that little sort of AFL it's called it's maybe like the bench or the sidebar or something it's called and they talk about all the games in the week and when they spoke about the Saints one they were speaking about Max King and he was sort of saying like yeah you can see now after the bye his posture is more over the ball as opposed to back and that's something that's like he was like that's the best thing Roughhead could have worked on so it was quite interesting to hear his point of view on it as well. That's so great too that they kind of stuck to their guns in terms of how they wanted to approach it I suppose. Yeah. 
knowing yeah. that it just needed to click. Yeah. Dougal did a bit of a sidestep at one point and he's just quite a lanky creature. So I, I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> I've got written down Connolly really plays the game, not the occasion. Expand upon that. No matter the side, I know he's only played three times. No matter the side, no matter like the fact that it's his third game only, he just plays and he does what he's good at. And he just. He doesn't seem ruffled ever, does he? No, no. A spoiler alert, he kicked his first goal this game, listeners. And I think he gave a little smirk as he ran up and kicked it. But he was just so confident. It was, it's excellent. It's really excellent to see. Well, my, my first impression was that it was so fast right out of the gate and Brisbane seemed to dominate um, the first few minutes of the quarter. It made me a little bit nervous because we just they were just so good and so fast and that can sometimes throw us off balance. But I tried to keep the faith that, as we know, even games that go in the entirely opposite direction can be brought back and that for us, we don't lean into that straightaway domination we're always a slow burner and we come at things consistently and that's what we chip away with we're sort of the working class which is excellent and I I really took note about Highmore and Sinclair doing really well under the intense pressure that they were getting from the Lions early on and Dunstan was playing like almost aggressively he just did not care what anybody else was doing he was on it and we were we were really upping the pressure and unafraid like you mentioned and then you know other players made a real impression. It was, you know, Jones and Ben Long in this in this quarter. Jones mm. did a one-two step away and you just like, did you actually have surgery eight weeks ago or not even eight weeks ago? Because you're so, he's not just fit, he's agile. It's, it's absolutely incredible. He did a little one-two step away, kind of similar to Dougal Howard. And I actually had felt like, for the most part, except for one moment, the commentating with whoever the commentators were this time felt more even, finally. It actually felt like a fairly commentated match. Brad Crouch kicked our first goal, finally. We were rewarded for all of the pressure we were putting on them. I I wrote down also any time they mentioned Tim Membrew's two-foot jump. So it wasn't so bad, this, this match. There were three mentions of it throughout the game. Yeah. Yeah. They, the midfield feel like they've just really got each other's backs now. Oh my god! Everyone's working so cohesively. The defenders work with one another. Sometimes in the defense, there are some overlaps. You know, they're both going in for one or whatever, but much rather see that than people leaving it for the other person all the time, which is what was happening before. And um, yeah, it just feels like each of the, the midfield, the back line and the front line are all kind of working more in unison now and knowing what their roles are to really help. And King slotted a great goal and then pretty soon after slotted a second one after a fantastic pack mark. And he got 50 metres for that one, even though it was already so close to the goals. No, on Max King, what you just said, he got three goals in the span of eight minutes. I think it's something like that. Yeah. And um, you're right, his intercept marks were awesome. And I, I noticed, you know, his little, he does a waggle finger of success. Oh, um, yeah, at one memories. point, yeah. Membry's got the gun show, Steele does the raise the roof, and then Max does the finger waggle. So everyone's got their own totem of celebration, which is good to see on it. But the second, I think it was the second quarter, was just so, it was so amazing. I mean, for a long time throughout the game, we fought forward and they fought back and they were able to get goals that seemed quicker than us. So we would take a long time to get one and then they would be really quick in returning it, um, which felt a little bit disheartening. But it was amazing because in the second quarter, you know, we had Membry nearly get a goal, but he hit the post. 
we, and then Brisbane answered it with their own goal. Then we had Billings get a goal, three goals from Max King. We had uh, Long and Burns get goals, which I found even more rewarding. Um, and Burns's goal was amazing. And did you notice the first time when he tried to get a goal on the go and he totally shanked it? But the commentators had said, oh, this kid's got something special. And he does. I yeah. think, though, that he reminds everybody of how footy used to be played. I agree. Uh, and also something we haven't touched on is Highmore just taking amazing intercept after intercept. Literally, the ball comes anywhere near him and he marks it. Quarter three. His third, the third quarter was his standout. I think mm-hmm. he had, yeah, he ends up having something like, was it, I can't remember if it was six or nine intercept marks overall yeah. for the match, yeah. which is, it's incredible for such a new player to the stat, to this level against a leading team's forward line. Yeah. So composed as well and brave. Yeah, totally. Memory kicked a, a really awesome goal from a difficult angle in yeah. three. And we just like, despite them having the lead back for a little bit, we just looked so composed. And then Bianca, what was the best moment? Oh, it was one of the great moments, but let's be honest, we've got a soft spot for Mackenzie's. His moment was good too. But um, Leo Connolly's third game and first goal was just what a feeling Toyota. It was so <laughs> good. It was so good. He, I can't look, I can't remember. I just remember thinking it was really good. So maybe you want to explain the setup. Yeah, so basically Jones was in our Ford 50 spinning around and they were like, as the commentator said, they were like, Ken Jones, like, can he set it up? And it was it was like he could sort of spin and like take a quick kick, but then being reserved as he ever does and as and as composed as we ever currently are, he kicked it to Connolly and ran in. And I just love it when they do that because I'm like wondering, I'm like, oh, through the head, are they like, oh, I'll kick it to the debutante. I know he's not a debutante, but you know, like, Probably not. I'm, I doubt that they're thinking that in that like heat of the moment. But when he marked it, I was like, oh, rubbing my hands together, like, can't wait for this. Because not only is anyone's first goal, goal in AFL footy the best thing ever, it's when they're a defender, it's the best thing ever. It's so true because they, they so rarely get that taste of glory. And, and so what I got really, I, you know, if uh, that to me was sort of like, just trusting it to, you know, there's the jumper. I'm going to trust it, whoever's wearing it. From quarter three going into quarter four, as in previous weeks and weeks before the three consecutive wins, only team to do that in the past three weeks, I have to say, in the entire league, uh, we have sort of trickled away in our fourth quarters. So I was a little nervous going in. Uh, but, I mean, apart from a few little fumbles at the beginning, like it was amazing and I've my favorite thing I've got written down is Burns is a little pocket rocket (laughs) he is he is but that's but you're but you're exactly right it was sort of that fear of oh they might drop off and I was afraid of that from the first quarter because we had to apply so much pressure to turn the tide that I thought our boys would just get too tired but I think because they started getting the rewards for it and also they were just determined not to let the same thing happen again whatever the result Mm -hmm. um and then they got the reward because they weren't going to let it happen again. Um, they were able to see it through, yeah. you know, so their fitness levels are only going to go upwards really. Yeah. Our captain, he got two goals this, this quarter, which oh. was fantastic. I, I, I screamed at him to stop it the second time. It was too much. 
Uh, and Mackenzie's goal after Long's hanger was just so great. We love yeah. Mackenzie getting a goal, his little charming smile. I've got written down that Mackenzie's celebration is so funny because it's exactly what you were saying about he looks like it's just happened to him. Like, because he turns around and he's just so smiley and wide-eyed and, you know, like a kid who's just had some sugar. It's just, it's it's like it was accidental. It's like he's not training as a professional athlete. That's what it always looks like. It looks like it was a happy surprise. It's yeah. like they, they ran out of players because of injuries and the mascot had to come on and, and the mascot's Mackenzie. Yeah. Ben Wong took a screamer of a mark in the fourth quarter, which, oh, just loved, just loved it. And something else that I loved that the commentators said uh, when the ball went back into the Brisbane Lions forward 50 was like, oh, the ball's going in. Who's there? Guess who? And it was like Tom Heimel. <laughs> yeah, it just came to expect it. I, yeah. my one my one takeaway that I was a little bit disappointed with but only you know um was just like Dan Butler was playing behind the scenes doing such a good job I just think you know previously I remember remember him kind of tackling but it was almost like he just gave him a bit of a hug and then moved on like he didn't really bring him down and now I feel like he's got really good pressure and he's really playing his part but I want to I want to see him get a bit of a piece of it again they sh- they're sharing it around and he's playing his role and that's all he can really do true Brisbane had won their last 10 out of 11 games. So pretty proud of our boys. And um, as you mentioned, the ladder now were equal eight, which is crazy. Yeah, technically equal eight. Yeah. Wow. Uh, B, any anecdote? No. Dad just said Highmore's very good, mm. which is true. Mm. I, I found some funny comments on social media that I thought would be good. Uh, so someone's written Tom Highmore for rising star. I don't care if he's too old, uh, which is not too old. He was just a mature age draft picked. And I agree for rising star. And another comment is someone needs to tell Steele that Brownlow votes need to be shared. <laughs> Bianca, what have you got for me in the journal section this week? Oh, Sophia, I do have a pretty penny. So if we need to shine it down a little, then we will. Uh, but firstly, uh, we've got Ben Waterworth from Fox Sports, the 321 uh, little favourite. Um, you know, he had a couple of interesting, interesting points, uh, but I'll give you the pleasure of reading. Yes. So Ben Waterworth says, write off the Saints at your own peril. I like that. Bit. Yeah, me too. As the season has progressed, the Saints have become a much better defensive team, which was clearly their biggest flaw at the start of the season. The Saints still have winnable games to come against Fremantle and Carlton, but to make the top eight, they probably have to pinch two of their games either against Port Adelaide, West Coast, Opta Stadium, Sydney and Geelong, Geelong Stadium, due to their inferior percentage compared to fellow finals contenders. So if they make the finals, they certainly would have earned their spot. But considering their recent form, you wouldn't put it totally past them. What are your thoughts? I love that. And we love a story in AFL, don't we? We love an underdog. And clearly Ben Waterworth does too. And we're not even an underdog. Like, we're good when we're good, you know? And, And I agree. Like, yeah, we still to make the eight there's a bit to do considering our percentage like I can't wait for a thrashing game soon that's what that's what we need now in the mix is a game where we just pile on the goals and get up we, we do. 
we really do yeah and I I think that's exciting I loved hearing you know right off the Saints at your own peril um of course when you've got to consider all of the teams it's hard to be optimistic about a team that seems to be haphazard we've felt optimistic and seen the signs for quite some time do you agree that their defensive um our defensive force was our biggest flaw at the start of the season no I don't agree with that either I think our biggest flaw was it was inaccuracy not giving the full effort for all four quarters as you said and then also just our techniques in terms of kicking. We weren't being inventive. There was just a lot of long bombing going on. So the grit was missing and the, and the ingenuity was missing. Yeah. Next, we have uh, thank you so much to our aunt, Susan, who's given us uh, this excellent article. So I just wanted to give a quick quote from here and get your take on this, Sophia. The article is called Four Points, The Unsociable Saint, Lion's Biggest Lost, The Dodi Dilemma by Michael Gleason of The Age. And he says, quote, St Kilda might be working harder. They might have had heart-to-heart sessions in the bye, but it also comes down to personnel. They are better with Rowan Marshall, Jones, Tim Membry, and Seb Ross back in the team. And they're now complemented by Mackenzie, Highmore, Dunstan, and Leo Connolly, giving them a depth of players in form. I've got thoughts on this. Do you have thoughts on this? So many thoughts on this, Michael Gleason. First of all, I love that he gives mention to Mackenzie and Connolly because I think they're great and I feel like they don't often get mentioned. Obviously, Connolly's on his third game, but still. I agree we play better with Marshall and Ryder. Why he's not mentioned Ryder, I don't know. And obviously, missing Memory and Ross was a bit of, you know, a bit of a blow, like a bit of a blow. But no, I think heart-to-heart sessions in the bye made it work because... If you look at the games we won, apart from this week's game where we got Jones back, yeah, we had Ryder and Marshall, but the, the rest of the personnel has stayed the same. And a lot of them are, pe- are people who are normally in our twos. Yeah, to me, I mean, some of the stuff he said in the article was really interesting, but to me, the takeaway, I think this takeaway is a bit shallow. I don't think it's well informed, if I'm honest, because, sorry, Tim Membry and Seb Ross were gone for one week. They yeah. weren't gone for a long period of time. And didn't we win that game? So it's like, it's just, it's just so silly with them back in the team. They were, they were gone for one week and they've been back in the team for two weeks. Yeah. And so really the only person that he could say from this particular game that we're better with is Jones. And they're now complimented. I mean, it's just well-written. It doesn't necessarily mean what's true. You know, he hasn't put Burns in that lineup and I'm sorry, Burns, at, at present he is more standout than Connolly and Connolly's only had three games but maybe he was the one who was on your sheet because he he's kicked his first goal you know I just don't think I, I and we have had some of them playing for some of this time so I don't think it's a particularly insightful takeaway and I do think that it's the team mentality um and the heart-to-heart sessions and, and working harder which has been has been the main thing so there you go So that sort of leads me into this next one because Dunstan actually speaks to the two things that the Saints had said they wanted to work on. And we'd observed in interviews that the players had said, there are two things we wanted to focus on, but the interview has never followed up with a, what are the two things? So now we finally know, thanks to Luke Dunstan. Uh, So this article is entitled, It's Hard to Change Opinions. Dunstan admits he felt unlucky on outer by Daniel Cherney. Sophia, would you read this for us? Yeah, so uh, the article says, 
A free agent, Dustin said after Sunday's win over Collingwood that there has been no movement yet on a fresh deal with St Kilda. The first round draft pick from 2013 was adamant that he never lost belief in his ability. Personally, I don't think I've really changed anything for me. It was just about getting the opportunity. We obviously traded a couple more guys in this year. I knew that I knew that would be the case that I had to sort of bide my time and wait for an opportunity. I guess I was just lucky enough that the boys weren't playing well enough that we're in the side. We've stripped things back right now and just have two simple focuses, our competitiveness and how much we want to compete and doing the team first things as well that bring other people into the game. We know what the two things are now and I think that that resonates. It's good to know that. And I feel like having that narrow focus has helped elevate everybody. You know, some of the articles spoke about how he's been working on his kicking form, which wasn't as great, and how he's been improving upon that. So I just sort of don't, it's a bit, it's a bit off-putting for him to say that there's sort of, to, him to infer that there's almost no difference, that he feels like nothing really has changed. It's it's antithetical almost to the amount of effort that he seems to have been putting in to, to stand out. It's sort of a little bit, I, I don't know, I just find it a bit off-putting. What about you? Yeah, but I also think maybe he was asked a question that isn't phrased in the way we think like maybe he was asked, sure. oh like what's prompted this resurgence or like you know like yeah because I I don't know I think on paper it can come off as a little bit like you said of the because that's the thing I think he he's always had like intensity and he's someone people were always saying to bring back in like when other players weren't showing up but he did often like sometimes like he was one when he kicked it down the line, you'd be a bit like, oh, because like 50% of the time he would miss his target. But I do think maybe he was just asked a bit more of a like specific question. Great journos. Thank you so much. Now it's time for player PSA. So this week, Bianca, I have got for you Ben Long. Yeah. So Ben Long was drafted with St Kilda's first official selection in the 2016 national draft. Normally or initially in our halfback line in recent weeks, Long has been sort of pushed forward, leading to exciting goals, assists and so forth. He took a hanger of a mark last week. And for me, he's the most exciting player to watch, I think, in St Kilda. Uh, and he is also the nephew of a former Essendon great player named Michael Long. So, question one. What number is Ben Long's jumper? A, 21. B, 23. C, 17. D, 31. Oh, and here I am thinking it's a single digit. Oh, I want to say 21. Yeah, that's correct. Yay! Good job. Okay, question number two. What match, or should I say what team against, was long nominated for the AFL Rising Star Award in his second season, 2018? A, GWS at Etihad. B, Bulldogs at Marvel. C, Sydney Swans at the SCG. D, Fremantle at Optus Stadium. Interesting because I didn't know that that's how it happened, that you get nominated after one specific game. My gut said C. 
my gut said C, but then I was interested about Optus Stadium as well. I'm going to go with Perth, Optus Stadium. No, it was round five GWS at Etihad. Etihad is now, is now Marvel. I should have corrected that. Uh, anyway, yeah, so at, in that game, Long recorded 15 disposals, eight tackles, four marks and a goal. That's so amazing. Good I didn't know he was nominated for that. That's so good. Question three. How tall is Ben Long? A, 5'8", B, 6'2", C, 6 foot, <laughs> or D, 5'7"? 5'8". He is 6 foot and he does not look it on the screen. No, because he's so nimble. Yeah, and I'm j- I thought he was really short. But it just makes me think, if Long looks that small, imagine how tall the other ones are. Which is why when the commentators said Mason Wood was six foot four a few weeks ago, I now believe them. I know. Question four. What injury did Long sustain while playing the Melbourne Demons in round seven, 2018? A, concussion. B, hamstring. C, fractured foot bone. Or D, dislocated collarbone. I don't think you can dislocate your collarbone and a frac- I think it just rhymed with fractured foot bone and then that's what you liked to put there <laughs> unless I'm an idiot and that's the one that it is um fractured foot bone's a bit specific uh, no no I think it's collarbone uh I'm gonna go with uh the first one a eh? concussion it was a fractured foot bone <laughs> question five What star sign is Ben Long? A, Leo. B, Gemini. C, Scorpio. Or D, Taurus. Oh, that's a toughie because he could be sort of a brooding Taurus or Scorpio. But my first thought was Leo. I think it's Leo or Taurus. Leo. Correct was born on the 21st of August 1997. Thanks for that. That was awesome. Bianca, would you like to close us out for next week? Sure. So next week, Saint, as we take on Port Adelaide, finally back at Marvel. But, you know, we've been subverting expectations, so let's not expect that it's necessarily good or bad. Uh, So Port have been in absolutely solid form. They're currently sitting at fifth on the ladder. But in steel and Dunstan, and Ryder, and Marshall, and Burns, and Long, and Crouch, and all of the Manco we trust. Exactly. So say a little prayer for your saints, and we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Go Saints! It's like the renaissance of Luke Dunstan. <laughs> like the men on the foosball table to you. They just all run around well. Honestly, the, honestly, a little less, a little more vague. I, I actually practiced when I was watching. I was like, can you really take this one in? But all I remember is that you have light brown hair. I don't get it, but as long as one of us does. 